All righty, why don't we make our way back to our seats. Happy New Year, everybody. Can see some of the folks back. Everyone had a great 2016. How many want to stay in 2016? How many are so excited about 2017? All right. If you guys, if you're a guest this morning, my name is Pastor Rich Lee, pastor here. How many made a bunch of resolutions for 2017? How many start? How about the gym? How many say, I'm going to the gym every day? Okay, I think you guys are lying. Okay, I'm going to go to the gym once a week. Okay? Who made a resolution? No one made a resolution? That means you must have been coming to this church for a while. Because you know every year, every year I get talk about how many things we're going to do and how, what we're not going to do and how we uh, start feeling better about the end of January. The gym, um, the gym uh, membership goes up and they have one of those growth periods in June, January 2nd, 3rd, and 4th, and then they have what they call a withdrawal period on 29th, 30th, and 31st. Because this is hard work, because it takes a long time to do that. And I'm a guy who loves to just do one thing, and I can follow one thing, because I can't multitask. If you've been coming today, if you've been coming to our church for a while, you know every year we get together, we talk about one word that I think that God wants us to do uh, and to follow. And this sermon is called The One Thing. We're talking about the one thing that I think God wants us to do, not just for a 17, but beyond. But if you want to know, our, our word for Grace Point Church is others. Comes out of uh, Philippians, Pastor, I mean, Pastor, uh, chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. It's talking about don't just look out for the interests of your own, but look out for the interests of others. And we want to focus on others. Those, you want to know who others are? Look around you. Okay? One is you guys. But two, these empty seats, there's other people who need to be in these seats. Okay, so we're going to spend a lot of time on that this year and really uh, want people to know uh, who Jesus Christ is. And I believe today's sermon will uh, really help you because I know we all have different jobs and different things we do. So I'm, I'm not going to talk about today what you do. I just want you to know about the purpose of why you're doing it. So if you have your Bibles, you can go to Philippians chapter 3, verses 10 through 14, and this is a uh, story, this is a passage that Apostle Paul wrote, and uh, I'm going to start in verse 10. He said, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, that I might share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. Not that I've already attained this or already perfect. I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. How many know that's good news? Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it on my own, but one thing I do. Everybody say, one thing I do. Forgetting what lies behind and straying toward what lies ahead, I press toward the goal, the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Father, I ask in this moment that one thing permanent in our hearts, God. Let us be totally focused. We know concentration is power. Let us concentrate on the Holy Spirit and what he says today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you know about the Philippians letter, thank you, sir. If you know about the Philippians letter, it's a letter, it's a personal letter that Paul wrote to the Philippians. And they're the only church that really supported his missionary work. So it's very personal. And it starts off, and it's really about a letter of joy. And he gets down the first two chapters, and we talked about humility, which is in chapter 2. Chapter 3, he gets into a resume of who he was in the very beginning, what he's done prior to, what he, where he is today, and then he's going, where he's going to be in the future. 
One thing about Paul, if you know about Paul, the apostle Paul's name was Saul. His job was, and he was good at it, to persecute the church, to destroy the church. And then when God turned him completely around, his job was to build the church. And he's always had a resume of whenever when someone met with him, they remember when you used to destroy the church. He says, well, I'm not that guy anymore. And he was some things he was proud of and some things he wasn't proud of. And you see from verses 1 to about 9, talks about this resume. I had the best schools. Went to Ivy League schools, went to Harvard of Jerusalem, had the greatest instructor everywhere it was. I had the greatest zeal. I loved, I loved church. I loved religion. I hated relationships. And then God got a hold of him in Acts chapter 9 in Damascus and turned his life completely around. And he was a man who knew a lot of things, who could have versed at everything, but he decided, I'm going to do the one thing, because he also knew that chant, the church that he planted in Philippians, though people keep, they gave their life to Jesus, he knew he had some brothers who used to be like him was going to come into that, that city and try to turn around about who Jesus is and what you need to do to know him. And he wants you to say, I don't want you to do any of that things. I want you to do one thing. And what we're going to do in the next few minutes is unpack that one thing that I believe that God wants us to be as a church to do well. So not many things, but one thing. So when we unpack this, we're going to start in verses 10 and 11. It says this, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, everybody say any means possible, I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. Now, Paul said, and we have to remember, salvation is just the beginning. Okay, you get born again, you get salvation comes in your life, it's just the beginning. Then you get to know about God, but it's a lifelong journey of knowing God. He said, my one goal is to know God, to know him fully, to know him intimately, to know, have a, a great relationship with him. He said, I want to stop at knowing about him or praying about him. I want to know him. And that word uh, in the know in the Greek, konosko, means to know by experience wants to know him. I want to narrow it down and know him intimately. And he knows about to know him intimately. He says it's going to be a lifelong journey, <clears throat> excuse me, of dying to self. And he didn't just stop there. He said know him, but know the power of his resurrection, the power, the dudamus that we walk with, who we walk, when we walk with Christ, the closer we get with him, the more powerful we become. Called the power of the Holy Spirit. He's going to be intimate with that power that can help other people. Because we know the power of God, we need the power of God to break the, the strongholds over people, don't we? <clears throat> over our nation, don't we? We need the power of God. And we need to know how to do it. We need to know how to use it. Not to entertain ourselves, but to bring freedom to those around us. So I want to know him. The power is resurrection. And we know that's a lot of power. If you can raise a dead man. <clears throat> Jesus was dead three days. That's a lot of power, isn't it? Excuse me, guys. I've been fighting this thing for the last two months. I laid hands on myself today and said, this is enough. So, <laughs> or the antibiotics are not working. <clears throat> they will work. Maybe I just need Jesus more. Anyway. And become, he stops, he says, here's the one we don't like. May share his sufferings. How many love suffering? No many amens, huh? How many like money? Not a quick question. You can answer it. <laughs> Suffering, you can't get away from it. <clears throat> Jesus experienced it. 
And since we're Christians, how many are Christians here? You can't get away from it. It's your calling card. It's just part of the deal. Share his sufferings. And if you're walking with Jesus, you'll share his sufferings. But if you're walking with people also, you'll share in sufferings and relationships and all those things. And when he's talking about in Romans 8, 17, it says, we suffer with Christ in order that we may be glorified with him. In the midst of all that, he says, I want to be just like him. <clears throat> I want to be transformed into his image. The very image of God. I want when people see me, they see Jesus. Not more about him. Know him when they experience me. When they experience in me, they experience in Jesus. I can't even take credit for it. Can't even take credit for it. That's amazing. That I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. Which means we have to get in our mind, guys. <clears throat> Jesus came for salvation. Jesus is coming back to take his church. And if we've been just squandering our salvation, we're not going. If we're not doing his work, he's going to take a glorious bride. He said, well, I'll find faith on the earth when I come back. He's coming back. Now, for the Christian, it should be great. For the world who don't know him, it can be horrific. But he's coming back. You got to remember, there is a judgment. <clears throat> what did you do on earth with the gift you got? Well, you know, I couldn't do anything because of you know, really? I died on the cross, and you couldn't take being offended? You know what I mean? So the one thing is, Paul said, I want to know him. But he didn't stop there. I want to attain. Now, he's not running for salvation. He's running with the service. He knows he's saved. But he wants, he's serving Christ, what he's done. Everything God has given us to do, the job, your very job you have, everything you have is a purpose to make Jesus known. You hate the job you're in? <coughs> get people saved. You'll, you'll get another job. Amen. You'll get a better job because you have more people that get on your nerves. <laughs> Verse 12. <clears throat> Not that I've already attained this or I'm already perfect. I love this. I press on. It's a strong word, pressing. That means there's resistance to make it my own because Christ Jesus made me his own. Isn't it amazing that we are captured for Christ's sake? That salvation, we can't take credit for it. Hey, I found God. No, God found you and chose you. You can't even say, oh, yeah, I was good enough. No, 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 no. He found you in your mess, found you in your everything, and said, I'm going to make a message out of you. I captured you to do something. Now, here's your joy. Here's the joy of it. I captured you to do something. Now have fun and capture other people to do something. That's cool, isn't it? Because it's about others. I love that. Now you love that, you know, when you're walking with Christ, you got to have a, uh, a realistic view of who you are. He had a correct estimate about, he said, I have not arrived yet. Guys, I have not even gotten there yet. I'm going to be 60 here in January, and I just found out I don't know anything. And I'm okay with that. But there's so much to know and so much to do. And you know I have not arrived yet. That means because we have not reached perfection until when he takes us away. That's perfection he's talking about. But I press. I press. That means there's something that's pressing me. And if I don't press, it's going to press me back. 
There's going to always going to be resistance because resistance builds strength. I mean, people look like doing this, at least in the beginning of the year, right? And then that resistance starts hurting. Ah, I'll try it again next year. Can you tell how long I've been doing this? And what it is, the main thing, we've been seized by the power of God for service. <clears throat> you see people who run up and down here and give buckets and, and get the room going and everything going. They understand they've been seized by Christ to do something. See, he didn't seize us to become meeting gatherers. He sees us to become a community and to help each other out. Y'all looking at me like I'm crazy. Yeah, that's what it is. To help one another out. That's what he called us for. <clears throat> I got to get rid of this. Look at what he does in verse 13. But I do not consider that I have made it my own. One thing I do. Everybody said one thing. thing. Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. Now he gets into athletic mode. Great time to be in that mode. He's in this athletic time, talking about athletes and running. He's talking about the Greek games <coughs> that he actually experienced. It's amazing. Now, I love to run. I ran track. I really was a long jumper, but once in a while, I let me run to 220. And I remember, that's 200 meters now in today's society. And I remember running. I remember one time I got brand new shoes, got a nice suit. I was running. My legs was up. I looked like a gazelle. <laughs> Made a mistake. I looked behind me to see where I was going. Then I look sideways and say, you ain't going to catch me. Next thing you know, I lost. Because I, no runner runs looking back to see where they covered. Our past can be such an anchor to our soul. Because we like to, you know, Paul had things that he was proud of and some things he wasn't so proud of. And what happens is you can wind up trying to, look at, try to go forward by looking in the rearview mirror. You're going to crash. And then a runner... You're going to lose. I lost. I went and talked to my coach. So my, he says, yeah, well, sit down. You're not running anymore. My last run, he said, you're going to go do long jump. You're going to specialize because you think you're all that. And I, I wasn't. I got beat by a slow guy. Right? I, you can see it's still, I'm at 59. He still hurts, don't it? I like to, I like to find him today and, and tell him I can still beat you if I didn't look sideways. Right? New sneakers, new suit, nothing. Ran out. See, <clears throat> Lot's wife in, Gen in Gen uh, Genesis 18, 25, Lot was supposed to get out of so Sodom and Gomorrah. They had a hard time leaving. They said the angels took them by grace and got them out because they were stuck in the city. And then God was trying to give them freedom away from this unrighteous place. Well, she was dragging herself. And he said, don't look back. Whatever you do, do not look back. Keep going forward. And they're running out. And next thing you know, she looks back. And it says she came up, became a pillar of salt. She was stuck, frozen by the past. Guys, don't be frozen by your past. Don't be proud of your past. It was just a stepping stone to where you are today. We have to learn to run with one leg in the present with our eyes on the future. And all those little things that don't matter, don't let it become a big thing that keeps you from running. He says, the one thing I do, I specialize, I focus. How many men I got in the room? How many of y'all actually multitaskers? 
Now, when I cook, I take the meat out, I cook it. I clean the pan, I put it back, I put the vegetables, I cook it. Hope I keep it all warm. And I do it one thing at a time. Miss Donna Cook's got pans everywhere, flying everywhere, stuff going on. You've been there. You, all that stuff, baking stuff, everywhere. I'm like, oh, my gosh, how do you, how you know what time it is? And I'm like, I can only keep one thing at a time. And what he's talking about here, guys, athletes do not succeed in everything. They succeed in specializing. He's talking about a lane that God has called each and every one of us to run this lane, to stay in our lane. They don't do well doing everything. They only do well specializing. In the kingdom of God, we all have a lane to run. You have no option to look at my lane or look at their lane and worry about their lane. I love Coach Belichick. I hate the team because they keep winning. When they have a moment, he goes back and you can hear him on the mic. Do your job. Do your job. Do your job. What about, don't worry about him. Do you run? Run. You block? Block. You throw? Throw. At the end of the day, you'll see how fantastic it is. Body of Christ, we got to look. And we get left. It's not. Even Jesus told Peter, you know, you're going to die. He's, and he looked at John. John's the one that always hung out with Jesus. What, what about, what about John? I love what Jesus said. This is the one, the rawest thing you ever heard him say. He said, he goes, uh, what about him? If he stays alive, he'll stay alive. It's up to me. Basically, he's saying, mind your business. Now, I can't say it because y'all get offended. Right? You get what I mean? You don't understand what they're doing. It ain't none of your business. What did God call you to do? What did he call, what's the one thing he called you to do? Do it. Right? He said, what is that to him? He said, mind your business. I love that part. Can't read it. John chapter 21. Mind your business. I just restored you. Mind your business. John stay- and there was a rumor that said, John will stay alive forever. That's how much they took it. <laughs> John's still alive. You didn't know that? No, just kidding. I love uh, Isaiah 43, 19. It says, behold, I'm doing, a new fresh thing. I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. <clears throat> that word new thing, because we say it's a lot during the new, during the new year. We, press this, we use this scripture a lot. The word new thing in the original Hebrew means fresh. A fresh thing. God wants to do a fresh thing in our lives. Yeah. But if we're not focused and looking down the road, we're going to wind up doing the former things. Now we can live in the former or we can live in the fresh it's like when you have your computer, you refresh the screen. We got to be focused. How many love cameras? And you, uh, to make it, the water you make it, the more blurry it gets, doesn't it? When you put it together, it becomes focus. Because we do well specializing and focusing. Because concentration is power. I get to hang out with Master Chip and Good friend of mine, I've known him for the last, I guess, 15 years now. And uh, we went to the tournament, and my son was testing for a fourth-degree black belt. And Master Chip has this gift of exhortation. He'll make you knock over a wall. You don't know how you did it. And so he had to break these bricks. He's never done with his elbow. I think six of them. Was it six? <clears throat> and you know, Manny was there. And uh, I'm, getting my, I'm getting my iPhone ready to take the picture. 
And Chip's like, because he's never done it, Chip's like, get in, let's just knock this thing out, man. Get rid of it so we don't have to do this anymore. Only one shot, only one shot. Only. He says, yeah, he goes, bam. I'm like, I didn't even get the camera going yet. <laughs> he never did it before. He just smashed that thing. Concentration is power. I'm running in my lane. It's powerful. God called you to be in uh, a first impressions. It's powerful. Called you to work with children. It's powerful. But you're serving, not just sitting. Come on, somebody. And it's not what we're doing in the business world. We're doing great things, guys. So everything you're doing is just the purpose of what you're doing. It's the purpose of what you're doing, which takes me to the last one. Uh, verse 14. <clears throat> I press on toward the goal. What's the goal? Jesus. For the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jr. To my singular pursuit. That means I dump everything that doesn't make sense and has nothing to know. If I don't know, it doesn't lead me to Jesus, I'm getting rid of it. You know, hobbies, you can have a hobby. It takes you farther away from Jesus, you don't need it. If it takes you closer to Jesus, it's good. Some of you have gifts and talents. Use those to make Jesus famous. The one thing. See, our calling is from heaven to heaven. From heaven to call. Now, you belong to Grace Point Church. Grace Point Church is playing here in January 1990. The call of the house has never changed. It never changed. When I talk about reaching people and building community, I just flip the words because it was always about discipleship center here in Abilene, Texas. We've always had young people. We've always had diversity. We've always been huge. And I would never come in and say, well, here's my vision. No, God will attach a vision to the house of the person. I'm just a different personality. In fact, I look better than the last three guys. <laughs> but it's an upward call. It's friction to go up. How many love climbing mountains? It's tough, isn't it? No one does any mountain climbing. You're going to love our next series about the internet, because we're going to do some running around the building or something. Anyway, uh, upward call, but you're pressing toward the goal. It's like if you love to shoot guns, love to shoot guns, and I like to pinpoint and hit it. Comes into view. If you take taking notes, here's the main thing that we need to know. The one point is to know him and make him known. The next few years or this year, know him and make him known. I want to be so full of Christ that when I walk into a restaurant, people are going to ask questions about church or ask questions about him. Why? Because they see it on me. Yeah. And what I want to do is we're going to, give, we're going to do communion together. Now, as you take the communion, just hold on to it as a family, and we'll walk through it together. I want to be so full. It doesn't matter what I'm doing, where I'm at. See, everyone has great jobs and influence in every area, and you're doing great. <clears throat> but all we're trying to do is make the focus the focus. Why are you at that job? Yes. Why do you have that, that employment? Why are you at that school? Why? To make, to know him and make him known. You don't have to say much if you're full of Jesus. See, it's not my personality. The Holy Spirit is not none of our personalities, but he knows how to reach out and touch people. Think about it. 
to know him and make him known. And all it is, is about others. He said, who is others, Pastor Rich? Look beside you. Those are others, and look behind these empty seats. Those are other people who need to know who Jesus is. Whatever you're doing, if you're a teacher, you have the greatest influence in the world. Because you get to sit before the students. You don't have to say Jesus to them. You just live the life, and they're going like, I want that. <clears throat> I don't want this imitation stuff. They're even telling us right now with young people. They tell, and they tell our pastors a long time ago, guys, and I'm glad I don't get caught up in this, stop dressing in skinny jeans <laughs> and having a goatee to reach people. Telling youth people, stop dressing like them. Start walking the way Christ wants you to walk, and you'll be surprised who shows up. Stop being weird. Have language and talk to people who need hope, who put all their eggs on the political system. But no one's put their eggs in the ecclesia system, the called out ones, the church. To know him and make him known. And we're very unique. None of us look the same. We're all from different places. But each one of you have an influence. It's not what you're doing. It's the purpose of what you're doing. All you have to do is make an adjustment. Why do I go to this class? Why am I in this class? Why are they sitting there with an eating disorder? Why are they sitting there and they want to suicide? Why is their marriage falling apart? Maybe I'll become their friend. I don't know what to say, but I'm so close to Christ every morning, he will tell me the words to say. Why am I on this board? I'm on boards now. They always tell me, you're on this board. We love to have a pastor because we need good luck. That's fine. That's fine. But see, here's the problem. Jesus is in the room. And Jesus said me, I'm sitting in the room. It's fine. Is it weird? No. Because we got to love people. And Paul went from zeal to persecuting him to zeal to building him. You know, some of y'all have some great talent when you're walking away from Jesus. Then you came to Jesus and you say, I can't do that. Yes, you can. If you know how to cook, Lord, thank you. <laughs> and we have a place that can cook, finally. We don't get stuff from Walmart, except the young people. They bring drinks. <laughs> Occasionally, y'all can cook something. There's a scripture I want to share with you. 2 Timothy chapter 4. And think about Christ. It says this. For I'm already being poured out as a drink offering. At the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness. Which the Lord the righteous judge will award to me that day. Not only to me but also to all who loved his appearing. This is Paul's final days. He said three things which we all have to deal with when we're going to walk and make him known. We're going to know him. First thing, we know we got to fight the good fight, but we don't have to worry. Well, this is what they call a good fight. Jesus already died on the cross for us. All we are is sharing his finished work. The second thing is, I have finished the race. I stayed in my lane. Whatever God has for me, my lane changes, he'll change it. But usually it's this way. If I'm an exhorter, I usually stay that way. And here's the hardest thing, not to lose the faith. I kept the faith. 
Now, the, these cups and these, the bread represents a guy who did these three. Had to be a powerful moment when God told his son, you're going on the earth to die for them. Singular purpose. You're not going to be the king of all kings. You're going to be a human, a carpenter, born in a, man, in a barn to save my valuable possessions, my people. Because I can't look upon them now, but when you die, I can turn my head to them again. Because I'm going to you to cover all the sins. You're going to cover every sin. In fact, you're going to become the sin. Then I'm going to raise you up on the third day. So when they get a hold of you, they live their life as a life of thank you. You ran hard. You were right before him. He says, before, endured the cross that was set before him. Kept his eyes. He said, endured the cross, but he also, the joy. We were his joy. He didn't break rank. When they say smashed his body, he didn't break rank. When they cut him, he didn't break rank. When his best friends left him, he didn't break rank. He stayed focused. Can we have a people today that just stay focused? Get beyond all the little stuff and find the real stuff to know him and make him known. Do we have a people on earth that's ready to do that in this, in this, in this society today? Yeah, his name is Grace Point Church. The major on the majors, not majors on the minors. Because I want to know him and make him known. If I'm in school, I'm there to make him known. But I want to know him so they ask the questions. That's the one thing that God has called us all to do. One thing he said this, guys. At the end of the days in Matthew 25, he says, Well done, my good and what? We know the scripture. But a lot of times... We want him to say this, well done, my good and successful servant. Because we're building our lives on ourselves versus building a life, helping others build their life. Well done, my good and faithful servant, not well good, my good and successful servant. Because we think success is doing, is having everything. God calls success faithful. If you're faithful, you're successful. Because at the end of the day, and I've done enough funerals now, it's nothing about how much money you made or your position. They say he was a faithful servant. He or she was faithful in what God called them to do. That's the only remnant you have. And the only remnant we have is through our children. If they're faithful, because they had faithful parents. Well, we had a generation that we were running for success. So we have a generation who had no moms and dads because we wanted to be successful. And the children had to pay the price for it versus being faithful so we have faithful children. Make sense? We had to, you know, hey, get all you can, get a house, get all that stuff, and don't worry, work two jobs, three jobs, don't matter. Put them in a, put them in a, a daycare center, it's okay. And they had to pay for it because we wanted to be successful disciples versus faithful disciples. And we build our resume on what I can do versus who I can help. question is who you pouring your life out for in ministry with the people you encounter every day you want to know who God wants you to pour into the ones that get on your nerves they keep coming to you you ever notice that why don't they just leave me alone <laughs> well 
Jesus is in you, they'll never leave you alone. And as soon as you get them right, they're going to bring about four other people. So take your bread. See the bread. And remember, the one thing Jesus wanted, God wanted, to bring us back in right relationship with him. So last time you saw someone take out the gain, to lose the gain. We live in a world, we don't have a traffic problem. We just have a zipper problem. You can get on in line, but I don't want to let you in because I might lose out in the 15-minute city. Because it's all about me, about me versus them. The, the closer I get to God, the closer I get to him, the more I will exude him. It's not about your personality. It's about who's in you. So let's take the bread. Father, I thank you for the bread. Body broken for us. Thank you, God. We live our lives as a thank you. And Father, you didn't stop there. Take the cup. This cup that you have given us represents your blood. You not only said your sins are done. I mean, you became sin, but your blood is a cleansing agent of all things. Cleansing agent of my past. Cleansing agent of my presence. Cleansing agent of my future. And all you call me to do is repent and to respond. And Father, I thank you this morning. I remember the one thing. To know you. Everyone say to know him. And make him known. How hard is that in 2017? I'm not telling you to quit your jobs. I'm telling you to put purpose in your jobs. Do you enjoy your job? Amen? Let's all stand. Greatest thing is, Jesus never left us as orphans. He said this, I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. But I will walk with you everywhere you go. Not only did he die for us, he was raised, he lives in us, and he walks with us everywhere we go. So whenever you feel alone, you're never alone, because Jesus is with you. He's in you. And all you got to do is activate him in your heart. So let's worship together. Worship God like you never worshipped him before this morning. Drop all the things. Drop all the anchors. Drop all them things that will get in my way of seeing Jesus.